And I'd like to ask you to open your Bibles for just a few moments to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. <clears throat> for just a few moments, we want to look again at what God is saying about the Holy Spirit. We have for several Sunday, uh, Wednesdays rather, been thinking together about the Holy Spirit. We will be doing this for some weeks to come. The most precious person that we have to do with during this church age as a Christian is the Holy Spirit. Now that does not discredit God the Father or God the Son. Because God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit are all one and the same. We speak of this as the doctrine of the Trinity. The Trinity is not an easily uh, described doctrine, but it's taught all the way through the Scripture. To say that the most precious person we have to deal with as believers is the Holy Spirit is like a wife saying of her husband, the most precious person in my life is my husband. Now, that doesn't mean that that husband is no longer a son to his father and mother, nor does it mean that he's no longer the father of his children. But in his relationship to his wife, he has an unusual relationship. And the Bible teaches that that's what the Holy Spirit is to us. He is the one called to stand alongside us in all of the experiences of life. Technically, the Scripture speaks of God the Father as the Creator. God the Son as the Redeemer. God the Spirit as the one who is the agent of regeneration. He is the one that comes into our heart when we give our heart to Jesus. He is the one who stays with us all through life and at the depot of death when, he, when we come to the very end. He's the Holy Spirit. He's the one that says to our spirit, come on, we don't need that body any longer. Let's go on and be with God. That's the Holy Spirit that does all that. And so he's the most precious person with whom we have to deal. He is also the most sensitive person we have to, with whom we have to deal. We've known some people who get their feelings hurt easily. We've known some people who are very, very sensitive. But the most sensitive person we could ever know is the Holy Spirit. He is so sensitive that when the, that the slightest disobedience or the slightest word that would sound blasphemous to him grieves him. As a matter of fact, it doesn't even take physical sins to grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm sure they do grieve him. But the one place where the Holy Spirit is, 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 is noted in the Scripture as being grieved, it was not over physical sins, not over fleshly carnal sins. It was over such things as bitterness and wrath and clamor and evil speaking and guile and malice. 
And he says, put all these things away and be tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Now all of the characteristics that are given to a person are given to the Holy Spirit in, in the Scripture. And tonight, for just a moment, I'd like to fo focus on three actions, three actions that are ascribed to the Holy Spirit that only a person can perform. Now the Holy Spirit is not an it. He is not some kind of a force or a power or just an influence. He is a very precious person. He is the third person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And when we worship and sing, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We are saying we praise the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, because He is part of the Godhead. Now there are three actions ascribed to him, and just in quick outline fashion, let me give them to you. First of all, turn your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. These are actions that only a person can perform. 1 Corinthians 2, 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit searches and reveals the things of God to us, just as a preacher of the Word searches the Scripture and attempts to interpret it so more faithfully and more fruitfully and more accurately does the Holy Spirit. He searches the deep things of God and He reveals them to us and then he searches the deep things of us and interprets them to God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Now secondly, look in your Bible at Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. There are times when we do not know how to pray. We don't know the words to say. Have there come times in your life when you really knew you needed to pray and you went to the place of prayer or you directed your mind and your thoughts toward God but you couldn't come up with any words. There just weren't any words. But you were open to God. You, you were in connection with Him, and you were before Him, but there were no words. Don't worry about that. At that very time, the Holy Spirit was taking the deep things of your heart, and in expressions that cannot be uttered, was telling God all about it. I'm so glad that's in the Bible, aren't you? Now, some, some use this verse to speak, to say that that uh, this means that, that uh, this deals with tongues. Uh, this verse could never be used to underscore the ministry of tongues because it's speaking of words that cannot be uttered. Can't be uttered with the tongue. They're expressions that the Holy Spirit makes from your soul to God, and He just tells God all about you. He says, God, 
This Christian has so much concern, so much burden on his heart, he can't even put it into words. Oh God, here's what it's all about. And the Holy Spirit tells God about it. In words and expressions that are unutterable. Now only a person can do that. That's the Holy Spirit. Would you turn your Bible to John 14, 26? John 14, 26. But the Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've said unto you. The Holy Spirit is the teacher. Only a person can do that. He's the Holy Spirit as a teacher. And he searches the things of God and the Word of God, and he brings it all to us. Oh, how good it is to walk in the Spirit. How precious it is to put out of our lives all the carnality and the things that would grieve the Holy Spirit and those spiritual sins, sins of the Spirit that would grieve and make ineffective His work in our hearts. Put them all aside and let the Holy Spirit teach us. Let the Holy Spirit pray through us and from the depths of our heart. And let the Holy Spirit just take complete charge of our lives and search those great truths and interpret them to God and to us. You have something on your heart tonight that you cannot talk about? I noticed this evening we had several unspoken requests in prayer. There are lots of times we can't really open up and tell even close people in the church family the things that are on our heart. But God knows. And the Holy Spirit can accept all those things and He'll just lift them before the Lord. So let's be sure that the stage is set and that all the excess luggage that we don't need that God doesn't want in our life is cleared out and we have a clear line to the Holy Spirit. Now tomorrow night we're going to go visiting. Many will. That visiting is in vain unless the Holy Spirit witnesses through us. Tomorrow you're going to go to the jobs and the school and the shops and so on. All of that will be just in the flesh unless we ask the Holy Spirit to take control and to use us. Let's pray that God would use us. Let's pray, oh Holy Spirit, fill us with thyself so that we can be used by God. May we pray together. Our Father, we thank thee for these glimpses from what the Scripture says about the Holy Spirit. We're so grateful for His preciousness. Oh, Holy Spirit, come and take control of our lives and use us to the glory of God. We thank you and we love you. Cleanse us from every secret sin, and every open sin, and anything that would be out of harmony with the will of God. And may we just love you more and more. 
We pray in the dear name of Jesus. Amen. May we stand, please. Let's turn in our songbooks to that song, Lord, I'm Coming Home. 253, maybe? I've forgotten what page it is. I've wandered far away from God, and now I'm coming home. We'll sing a couple of stanzas of this hymn. What page? 253. 253. And as we sing it, let's just examine our own hearts and say, Lord, do I need to do some changing? Do I need to get some attitudes in my life right so the Holy Spirit can work through me? And Lord, I need the freshness and the crispness and the joy and the love and the power of the Holy Spirit for the days that are ahead in this week. As we come to next weekend, oh God, I need you to help me as a bus pastor, as a bus driver, as a Sunday school teacher, as a deacon, as a leader in the Lord's work. I cannot do it unless I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, help me. Let's make that our prayer while we sing two stanzas of this great hymn. And as the Holy Spirit speaks to you, if there's anyone that ought to come tonight making a commitment to Jesus to honor Him and love Him and serve Him and be faithful to Him, or you've sensed His tug at your heart and He wants to use you and you're saying, Here am I, Lord, use me. Will you do it? Let's sing two stanzas. Brother Jim, come and read.